Before we start, I want everyone to know that uh, we're hoping next week, Brother Hashem, this is the plan to get to hear from Rabbi Sacha Ginsburg some of his recollections from the many years with Abdullah Feinstein. And that will be taking place live in uh, a Teitelbaum Shul upstairs in Kew Gardens and also being combined with the Zoom. So if you are close enough to Kew Gardens to join live, you're invited to do that as well. Okay. So, uh, I hope that uh, you've had a chance to maybe take a look at uh, some of the material that was sent out, or at least uh, thought a little bit about the uh, question of the title. Can we control our thoughts, feelings, and desires? And uh, it seems that this may be a cause of very intense controversy uh, between very great people. Well, we'll start with the question, well-known question, of course, that is brought in the Eben Ezra, and the Seres Adibras by the Mitzvah of Lasachmoid, where he presents Rabbim Yitmahu. Many people are amazed on this Mitzvah. How can a person be in such a state not to desire something beautiful in his heart, whatever is desirable to his eyes. How can Torah expect a person not to desire something that is good, that's beneficial, that's beautiful? Um, of course, just to clarify, the mitzvah of Lesachmoid, Yishev Lesachmoid, does actually include even taking action to the point of obtaining the item, but um, it is, is essentially defined as not desiring, and those actions is just the culmination of the Yisr. But certainly the actual desire is a very primary part of the Yisr. And uh, to support the question even further, the Yisr of Lai is clearly spelled out by the Rambam and others, that that is purely in terms of the desire of the heart and doesn't require any action being taken for that isser to be transgressed. So certainly there's a place for Abinezra's kasha of uh, how can the Torah command us not to want something, something good, something beneficial, something attractive. Great to see you Rabbi Samuels. <laughs> this is a treat. <laughs> Thank you for joining. So, uh, so the Ibn Ezra responds to this question at what seems to be at first uh, quite a perplexing kind of a way, but hopefully we could gain some uh, understanding of it. He starts off, um, I'll give you a marshal if a commoner, ordinary citizen would see the crown princess was beautiful, he's not going to have a desire in his heart for her. And he says, in a similar way, every understanding person has to know that 
He says, Isha Yafoy Momoin, financial success, any kind of life success, any kind of beautiful, attractive aspect of life. Person will not obtain it through his wisdom, through his cunning, through his mighty efforts. He will only obtain what Hashem has portioned out to him. So if we could just pause at this point. It seems a little bit um, confusing. What is the comparison to um, situation of the Basmelech and the Kofri? There it's impossible. It's, 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 it's virtually impossible that a commoner will get to marry the crown princess. So it's very uh, sort of understandable how the desire cannot develop. Something that is just totally out of the range of his life experiences. There's no way this could be. But when it comes to something that would appear to be very beneficial for me, that's by my friend, that doesn't seem to be impossible. So how is the Abnezer comparing them? Now I think before we address this, it's important to make a distinction between other situations where we can understand the Torah directing us not to have a whole variety of feelings, anger, arrogance, bearing a grudge, the hatred. These are all kinds of feelings that I don't think we find um, that kasha being asked. How could the Torah forbid us to feel a certain way? Because there we understand these things are purely negative. And the Torah is, except for maybe rare situations where they could have some kind of place or some kind of form, but generally speaking, these are negative emotions. The Torah is directing us to cleanse our heart from those kinds of attitudes and feelings. But to desire something good, something beneficial, is not innately negative. It just happens to be in the situation, it's by my friend. That does not fundamentally change the nature of how I relate to it. Torah is not demanding of me to not desire anything good in life. So how is it able to sort of be controlled when it comes to a situation where it happens to be my friend's possession? The mere fact that it belongs to somebody else doesn't innately, fundamentally alter my attraction to it, my appreciation of it, my wish for it. We're not, we're not designed in such a way to like like naturally disavow what is in someone else's property, especially because it's not even impossible for me to get it. Maybe he will be willing to sell it to me. I could make him an offer. There could be many things that belong to another person that is possible to come to me. And that all plays into this basic problem of how is Eben Ezra comparing it to the... Uh, commoner not desiring the daughter of the of the king does the question make sense everybody said you hear a question okay that's encouraging simple i appreciate that nod <clears throat> if anybody wants to you know um, follow or um answer differently 
they're um, they're welcome. They're invited. <laughs> Can the basic question is, um, what is the Ebenezer saying to um, sort of compare our life situation with the commoner not desiring the crown princess, which he brings and he repeats later on. Also, he refers to it again later on in the piece. So even though he also brings in, you know, child is, is trained not to to know he cannot marry his mother. But uh, this comparison to a crown princess is not of that kind of nature. It's just impossible. A commoner cannot marry the crown princess. So how is that a, uh, a means of understanding how we can empower ourselves not to desire or belong to somebody else? Those things aren't impossible. Maybe, maybe I should even, even if it has to come from Hashem, maybe Hashem wants me to have it. How do I know what was decreed for me and Rosh Hashanah? Maybe Hashem has such a plan, so I could want it. So is this question, um, as far as you can tell right now, a valid question? If you don't hear it clearly, you can tell me. It's okay. It's really fine. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, just a smile makes it all worthwhile. Okay, so um, I'm going to try to proceed, but maybe build differently than I've done in the past. <laughs> but, you know, in, in this setting, we're trying to be real as best we can. Yeah, but there it says the words, Isha Yafa Loyasi Geyu Adam a person will not obtain it because of his wisdom, because of his planning, because of his ingenuity, because of his ability. You will not gain something in life through your skill. You will only acquire in life what Hashem wants you to have. In other words, you are powerless to obtain that thing that is so important to you, and so desirable to you, and so maybe almost necessary to you. I want you to try to imagine something in life that you feel you need very, very much. And are hoping to get it, maybe are trying to get it. And try to undertake the mindset which of course we believe is true, that there is nothing in my power, there's nothing in my power that can enable me to get this. I am, I of myself am powerless to acquire and to achieve this, this thing, whatever it might be, that is so important to me. That is so necessary to me. It's only up to Hashem. I have no power to get it. I want it. I need it. I almost, you almost feel like it's only right that I should have it. Maybe not something that somebody else owns, but something that I'm trying to accomplish, trying to gain, trying to have in life, and to 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 come to a recognition. I cannot get this. It is not in my power to get it. 
Hashem might want to give it to me, but it's not in my power to obtain it. I'm going to pause to let you try to have that thought in your mind. I'm going to try to do it too. Try to think of something that you want very much and relate to it as, I cannot get this. Hashem could give it to me, but I cannot make it happen. I am truly, personally, totally powerless. Now, of course, you may need some amuna and trust in Hashem that He's taking care of us <laughs> as what's really good. Otherwise, we're going to just crash <laughs> if we recognize that we can't get it. <laughs> but if we could trust Hashem that He has a plan, that has to come along. But I can realize it's not in my power to make this happen. Can you, can you see how that will make a difference in how strong is my need for it, my desire for it? Will there be an impact on, this is a good thing, but I can't get it. Not in my power, nothing is in my power. Only what Hashem wants me to have. And that can even be on very ordinary daily things, of course. But the ones that I usually have a desire for are the things that I'm not taking yet for granted in my daily life. The things that I'm trying to achieve, hoping to achieve, believe I could hopefully achieve and focused on it and pursuing it and, pardon the expression, hell-bent to get it. But that's all, I think, interwoven and dependent on that basic fundamental mindset that I could get it if I try hard enough. I work hard enough, smart enough, and long enough, I'll get it. But if I know, it may come to me, but not based on my effort. I will not be the one who's making it happen then I can be okay. I'll put in my proper good efforts. I can make the guy an offer. Would you like to sell you a beautiful mansion? I'm, I'm ready to give you right out a check. $3 million right here. I'll say, thanks for the offer, but no, I'm happy where I am. I'll say, okay, if you ever change your mind, let me know. Everything is fine. But I won't be pressuring him. I won't be consumed by it. Because... I know that there's nothing that I can do. So that kind of a powerful drive that the Torah is assuring, the kind that could eventually lead to actions that are the in wrong kind of actions of pressuring the person or even stealing it from the person, that kind of a drive will not develop because there's no, nothing to support it, nothing, nothing to fuel it, nothing for it to fuel. There's no place to go. So then I could just stand and watch how Hashem runs his affairs of the world. With putting in my proper ishtadlis, of course. I'll make the effort to get the job for the shidduch to work out, to, 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 to buy the house, to build the house, whatever it might be. But 
crack the sugya, you name it, whatever it might be. But I'm putting in my good efforts and relying on Hashem's bracha. And if he has a different plan, I can accept that plan. It's only where I sort of have forgotten about Hashem without realizing it, maybe. And thinking that I, if I tried hard enough, I could get it. Then it could be consuming. Then it could take me over. Then it will be a kind of a desire that is the kind the Torah is saying, no, no, that's not, that's not the right kind to have. That could lead to bad behavior. But once I recognize, I accept the reality, it's not in my power, then I can relax. And I could see, oh, this is a good thing to strive for, as far as I can understand. It's a good thing to put in good effort for. And Halavai Hashem should send the bracha and fine. And if he has a, a different plan, okay, I'll to, to try to accept that too. But even, even before that step, which is a, a, an important and will follow, it's a step that can follow. The first step has to be, this is not in my power. So then, there's no, there's nothing to get all worked up about. There's no way to get worked up about it. I'm going to want it, and desire it, and what am I going to do with that? I can't do anything. <laughs> I can't make Hashem do what I, what I want. I can't force Hashem to even answer our tefillahs. I can't force Hashem with bitachan either. That's not what it's meant to be. So I cannot control Hashem, and I certainly can't control my life on my own either. It's only Hashem giving the bracha, giving me the whole capacity to do anything that I'm doing. And whatever I would want to have has to come from Hashem. So then, then I could be calm. And it's like hits at the core of that basic cause of the, of that snowballing desire. I know it's not in my power. Okay, everybody said, what's your, what's your reaction? Does this make sense? Can you, can you try to imagine this? <laughs> try to imagine wanting something in life and knowing it's not in my power to get it. As much as I feel it's necessary, so to speak. <laughs> oh, you don't have this... to do it now on the spot, but you know, if you are so brave, Go ahead, Amisha. Wouldn't this apply to general health that we don't have the control over things like whether or not we get a terrible disease? Mm-hmm. Applies so, to everything, yes. <clears throat> yes. So the the idea that we're not going to be overwhelmed with our right. health due to the fact that we know we have no control over it? Right. That's uh, that's a very good point. Yeah, that's it would seem it would seem this could really this could really help a lot with um, what's unfortunate very prevalent anxiety about trying to protect our health when we realize that we're not really in control of it there, there, there are things that are not in our control nothing, nothing is in our control and um, our job is just to do our proper good ishtadlis which could be quite a bit, but nevertheless, we're doing it in the form of, this is Hashem's direction of how I should be responsible for myself, caring for myself, valuing my life, 
the art Sachin talks about someone who doesn't appreciate his true value, his neshama, his greatness. So he'll put himself at risk even for something very unimportant. <laughs> I give the mushroom like driving fast on a wet highway without having any such place urgent to get to. <laughs> we do things sometimes that are that are risky necessarily. So the true value of oneself will empower me to make you know all the proper protections, but still it's not in the form of that I have to. I can do this. It's ultimately in Hashem's control. So I think that could help a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, uh, can, I, can you hear me? Yes. Go ahead, Avi. I hear you very well. Okay. Um, from the way that you're describing the Ishtalas, so it almost sounds like, it, to me, it, just, it feels like almost like a game. Because um, it's like there's so much more that's out of our control than, than that is what's in our control. It almost sounds like we're like, you know, like a puppeteer and like Hashem's the, you know, the master of, you know, switching the slides. It almost sounds like we're doing like, I don't know, just the, the whole style just comes down a big notch. I guess it's a good thing. Are you are you afraid? Are you afraid um, that you won't that if you if you buy into this very, so to speak? Uh, very much different than I feel like than the natural way of thinking about it. But Avi, are you afraid that if you buy into this, you're not being motivated to do a stadless because you'll say, Well, Hashem is in control, so why do I need to work so hard at this at this goal altogether? If Hashem wants to give it, he can give it. So why should I be like working hard at it? Is that is that is that your concern, or are you concerned that you won't feel a sense of accomplishment if you are successful, because you'll recognize really it's all from Hashem, and then it's going to deprive you of that opportunity to really feel good about yourself by having accomplished this goal. And what's going to take the place of that kind of good feeling? If we're going to give Hashem the credit, or is there some other concern on your part? I think it's just the actual, just understanding the concept. Um, I feel like is it's like a hard thing to to grasp from most, um, you know, down to earth type of thinking. But so, but if someone would ask you directly. Do you think you can gain something through all your very skilled hishtadlis that Hashem doesn't want you to have for whatever reason he might have for that unfathomable plan that he might have? Do you think you could get it anyway if Hashem is not intending for you to have that? No. Of course. So the basic amun, of course, we have. Just we're not so powerfully in touch with it. We're not so focused upon it. It's not really in our hearts. So the Abedaz was saying, well, the person will gain a good connection to what he really does believe is true. Then, which is something that the Torah definitely could expect of us. Not, not to suggest that it's so easy, but to say like, how could we not desire? If we realize clearly, whatever we have good in life, Hashem is giving us. 
but he wants it to be in this manner. Now, if you're going to ask, well, why does Hashem want it to be through our Ishtadlis? There could be good reasons for that. Maybe we'll be able to appreciate and, and feel Hashem's involvement when He's giving us Hatzlach and what we're involved with. Not for the sake of our feeling accomplishment that we did it, but to be really like turning to Hashem to help us, as Ben Yon describes in Mishlei Paragimel, turning to Hashem to help us in what we are trying to do. And this will be even a closer connection. But ultimately, it's Hashem giving the bracha. He could give it even if we didn't put a shtadlis, and sometimes that happens too. And sometimes even we put in the best shtadlis, Hashem has a different plan. But the process is that we are putting in that effort in the, in the Seder of Teva of the world that Hashem established. And in that effort, we are turning to Hashem and focusing on Hashem. Alavada, we would have that presence of mind to do that. Not easy thing, but if we could, then we'll be turning to Hashem to help us in what we are involved with. That might be a more powerful connection than just one that is just where we're divorced, we're not involved, and Hashem is standing the bracha. Maybe this Madrega or Bishim Bayochoi doesn't need to do any Ishtadlis. Trosim Nosai. There were some that did Kibishim Bayochoi, also Biadam. But maybe for, you know, the majority, we need to have some kind of a aspect of the involvement in the world. And through that, we'll be even more able to be Kona the Bitachim Bashem, which is the ultimate goal. Ben Yoni says over there that what will come about is the person in turning to Hashem was very likely to be helped, to be Matzliach. And he'll, he'll achieve even the greater benefit, which is the schar bitachon. So, I don't think we have to worry that if we try to follow the plan of the Torah, we're going to lose out. It just may be a little bit unfamiliar. We won't lose out in any way. It just may be a little bit novel. We're used to being motivated by thinking, I have to do this. And, and it it may be true that this will be less powerful motivation. Then there could be a challenge in recognizing that ultimately it's from Hashem and my shtadlis is not what actually accomplishes it. And even if I'm supposed to at certain times do this shtadlis, if it's up to me, it could be a challenge. But, but still, it's worth that to have the foundation of Amuna very strongly entrenched within us to know it's Hashem giving to me. I'm not getting it. I can't take it. I can't make it happen. Okay. Okay. And I can relax. And I can be okay. But what does Hashem want me to do? What's the, where, where, where's my direction in life? What's my, what's my, where, what am I, what am I supposed to be involving myself with? Oh, I can think with Seichel, Bechlau, as we discussed earlier, the previous session, I can't even think logically and, and properly unless I'm 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 because the seichel is disturbed when it's overwhelmed by desire, by need, by 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 pain. Then you can't really think clearly. So I can't even know what is the right proper shtadlis to do when I'm 
consumed by uh, powerful emotions. So we need to have that foundation of Amuna to know there's the Abishai running the world. He's the one who gives me the power and he's the one who gives the bracha. Okay, let's see. How can I be a good shliach? To be a good shliach of Hashem? That's chashem. That's worth putting in good effort. Even if I'll be the beneficiary, I'll be a shliach for all that bracha to come to me. That could be motivating. Okay. I think it's interesting that the, the Sefer Achinuch doesn't even define a certain measurement for Losasab. Ramam talks about um, when I will think of a plan how to get it. Or that I'm at least deciding maybe to, to try to get it. Sefer Achinuch just says, we were withheld from being koveya armachshava to desire or belong to somebody else. Fixing my thoughts on that. So I think that sort of helps us to understand his position because all these desires only develop when my thoughts are fixed on it in a way of wanting to gain it, wanting to get it. I don't know if it's even like yet at the point of like a mindset, I'm going to get it, but it's, I'm fixated on it. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to develop in a bad kind of way unless I really give it my full attention. So there's some things that I should not be giving my focused attention on, on what belongs to my fellow Jew. Even the things that that are, are available for anybody, we still want to be sort of alert to what am I placing my main focus upon? This is the Shoram teaches us. We're supposed to have a solid foundation, solid awareness, clear understanding, clear conviction, knowing the truth, of what is the entire meaning and purpose and goal of our existence, to which we should place all our goals and all our aspirations in everything that we're doing. Okay, that's quite a quite a goal to strive for, to make our true essence, as Hashem designed us, to be the focus of all our efforts. But at least this much, we shouldn't let something else totally take over. So if something that's worth working for, that could also be included in that whole plan. But when my when my focus is largely on what I'm really here for, so then other things will not be dominant the degree that we would say about it, I'm koveya my machshava. I'm fixing, I'm establishing machshava on this thing. So even where it's not usher, it would not be, it would not be good. It would not be fitting in with our achieving our entire loving goal, Hashem's loving goal for us, to be focused on something else other than that. So wherever it has a place, okay, it should be respected, it should be pursued, 
but it should be still in the context of it's all helping to bring me to what Hashem wants for me. I'll be able to be Isaac and Terry Mitzvah, so I'll be able to have a full, productive life. That will be what Hashem wants. That will be accomplishing His chesed that I am given the opportunity to be involved with. Oh, that's good. Does that make any sense? Okay. It was all worthwhile. <laughs> I just want to add one more thought that's, uh, that, that just caught my eye from the Rambam, where, um, which I think could be helpful, where at the end of Ilchas Suri Bia, where he talks about how the Indian of Arias is a very powerful challenge in all generations. And he ends off there, he says that the, the um, pull in that direction only takes hold of a person uh, if he's devoid of wisdom. Can only overpower a person if he doesn't have wisdom. Which I understand to mean that simply he would have a place to place his attention. He has what to be involved with. He could he could use his mind, his intelligence for things that are that are truly valuable. But then he ends off. It's phenomenal Hanav from Chachma, from Tyre. So, I'm not sure I can prove this, but I had the thought that part of what's driving a person is it feels the need for Hanav in life. And maybe that means that also success in life. My life is enjoyable. But if I know I have the greatest source of Hanav, the peak Hanav of a person is Chachma. Human being is a being of Chachma, being of Das. The, the maximum enjoyment that a person has in life and the maximum feeling of his, of his true Hashivas is in Chachma, is in, of course, Torah, which is the Chachma of Hashem, which every person has a share in, a unique Chel. We have to find it where we're drawn. But it's Maliba But in that experience, a person is having Hana that's reason from the need of other kinds of Hana. I'm not going to feel lacking if I don't have this mansion. But I have a I have an Ebenezer to try to figure out. I have a Rambam to understand. I have, I have a I have a statement in in the Gemara. I have a Rashi in Chumash. That's it's, it's, it's tantalizing <laughs> that I could maybe catch a glimpse of. Oh, it's beautiful. This is amazing. That's a greater Hanor than any material kind of attraction. So then the person won't be overwhelmed by it. He has, he has a place to direct his thoughts, which will be more enjoyable and more satisfying. And giving him more the feeling of his 
own true greatness. Uh, well, let's see who we are. I see recently. Well, I missed Tobias Mordechai. Test game. See you in a million years. Um, oh, give me a second. I'm in the wrong room. So. So, um, I think that also could help a little bit. When we see something is like pulling at us, remember, I have opportunity for something that's not just, you know, more everlasting, <laughs> but more enjoyable, more gratifying, more uplifting, more giving me a sense of my true, true innate value. Innate greatness. I have contact with Torah Hashem, which, when you know, we put in a good effort, the more guarantees you get some uh, get some help. <laughs> you guide him with social time and the social time. So uh, that could be like reassuring, like you don't have to worry. But of course, it's a whole package. The third desire for us is where it's We have needs. We have we have our human needs, as we've heard a little bit about, and they they should not be disregarded. They cannot just be overpowered and fought against. But we can we can address them in a good way. That's encompassing. It's within me. I'm afraid that it's unfortunately very common, a very common notion that the only thing that could drive a person to accomplish is feeling lacking, is feeling unworthy, is feeling so needy as I need this to give myself worth. But I don't think that that's necessarily the case. It's not the derech of the Torah, because it's not true. So therefore, we can be confident that there are ways to accomplish good accomplishments. That's not based on some very um, not good starting point. Okay. Um, if there's any uh, <laughs> any reaction that's the most welcome, go ahead, Ramosha. I can't hear you. Sorry. Um, it's interesting that he makes that point regarding a taiva, which is driven by a physical urge as opposed to some type of psychological uh, need. As you know, uh, Having a mansion would be different than Tivus Nushim generally, because you have a chemical, physical uh, urge. So the idea that Chachma would be able to stop that type of Yetzihar seems to be a pretty big Chiddush. Oh, so I, I don't think I don't think the Rambam means I don't think the Rambam means that it's going to eliminate the Yetzihar, because even the that Yetzihar has place where it can even be used in a constructive fashion some at times. But what, what he's talking about is a person to be overpowered by it. A fleeting thought is not the Easter of the Torah. And that's not where a person will be really in the bad shape. Now I'm discussing where it's like 
over, overtaking the person, consumed by it. So a person has chachma could sort of like even nip in the bud, so they can even climb out, of course, because he could direct his thoughts. The Sefer Achinach is saying, you can choose where to place your attention. You don't have to give your attention to what somebody else has. You could notice it. You could say, oh, it would be nice to have a mansion, even that one, if you'd want to sell it to me. But if I don't place my focus on it, so what am I going to do? Just like resist? Tell myself, don't think, don't think. That's not going to work. have to have a place to focus my attention. Where, where can I focus my attention? Oh, building good. Giving kindness. <laughs> helping somebody in need. Learning a blood Gemara. Working on my midas, finding something creative, spiritually creative, internally, and for those around me, that will be good, that will be productive, that will be truly enjoyable. That's where I could focus my attention. So the, is the definition of, of miskaber, you're saying it's to the, to the point of an addiction, that only a person could be addicted if they don't have chachma? Or are you saying there's know. a middle level between fleeting know. thought and yeah. addiction? I think I don't know if it has to be that far, but you know, as as Mefarshim in Shulchan Aruch, I think I saw an Ezer Mikaidish that uh, the the Isra of Rehurim is not so uh, fleeting thought. So a person is like fixing his machshava on it. So what is the koach that enables a person to not fix my machshava on that? Okay, let's go back to the Rajba. <laughs> I, I enjoy telling over. That when I once had the um, special experience of uh, trying to say over something and learning to going around Kreiser Zahan of Rachel from the Chshuv from the Mir in Europe, as a Magid Shir in Yitzchak for many years. And then when he was retired, he was learning in Borough Park. And I heard that you can come to try to share something and learning. And he was also a very good schmoozer. And uh, one of the things that he shared was a line, which I can only say first in Yiddish. It's davzach in the cup. That means your head has to be churning. You have to always have a kasha, shver rajba, or a bikvegas kasha. You have to have something on your mind at all times. It could be a good uh, piece of Sefer Achinech and Ebenezer. What's the machlekes between Sefer Achinech and Ebenezer? Right now, you don't send the measure so well. What's the big kasha? You, you're not going to have overwhelming desire unless you feed it, unless you focus on it. Okay, or any place in Torah that an intelligent person could focus on is a place where I could I could direct my thoughts. You need to have, you know, something so available <laughs> most of the time so that... Uh, will be able to <coughs> take our mind over there. It won't be overwhelmed. Okay. Okay, Ashakai Thank you so much. Each and every one. I'm David Shmuley. Yes. <coughs> oh even even the cameras. Okay, thank you very much for being with us. And please save next Sunday night to uh, hear from Avisacha Ginsburg a memory of his um, good times with Rav Dava Feinstein. Thank you.
Thank you so much. Thank you. 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 Thank you.